The Yankees lose. The Yankees lose. Don't look now, but the Cincinnati Reds have won five games behind clutch hitting, strong bullpen outings from everyone, and solid pitching from their young core of starting pitchers. Jeff and I discuss these red-hot Reds right now. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. This is a special excitement reaction edition of the Locked On Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms. Steve and I have been lifelong addicts of the Cincinnati Reds. And last night was just a shot in the arm, Steve. I don't know about you, but last night for one night only 2022, that was July 12th, July 12th, 2022, the Cincinnati Reds are better than the New York Yankees. Oh man. I am just so energized because not only did they go into New York and steal one from a team that if you were listening to the broadcast last night, we learned when leading after eight innings was undefeated at like 48 and oh, 49 and oh, and now they've got one loss, and that loss is the Cincinnati Reds. This is a Cincinnati Reds team that not only did that, but has now won five games in a row, has taken it to the AL East, which everybody is in love with right now, <laughs> and look like they are finally figuring out how to play solid baseball every day. I saw a stat today that said there's only been three other times in the expansion era that on July 12th or later, an entire division is above 500. And that's the AL East this year right now because the Orioles just reached 500 yesterday. And the Reds are just like, don't care. We've had a really bad season. We're still going to play good against the AL East. Absolutely phenomenal game. And I, I tell you, Steve, like this is a, a tale of almost two halves. I know that you really can't. It's hard to break down nine innings into two halves. But I felt like the fifth inning is when everything changed. Because before that point, the Reds were just floundering. Everything was going wrong. It felt like the Yankees got all the breaks. But credit Graham Ashcraft because while all of that was happening, he still held them to only three runs. I know I tweeted things like, man, I wish he could have pitched a little bit better. But honestly, the more that I thought about it, the more I'm just like, you hold that lineup to three runs and you gave up 10 base runners? I'll take that every day of the week from him. Listen, we're talking about a rookie pitcher that rolled into a jam-packed Yankee stadium. Now, that's asking a lot from any rookie. And then they touch him up for two runs right away. You know, there was a real opportunity there for Graham Ashcraft to just fold and in that game to jump off the rails. But that didn't happen. Graham dug in and he battled and he fought through. And like you said, it seemed like all the breaks were going the Yankees way. Uh, everything that could go in their favor kind of was, but Graham stayed in there. He battled, he fought through, he got through, you know, they give up the one additional run, his third earned run uh, when Nick Senzel falls down. And I think that probably that run scores anyway on the tag, even if Senzel catches that ball. But uh, at the end of that pitching performance, you just have to look at that and say, this young rookie gutted it out. He kept the team within striking distance. And then this team delivered. And I almost wonder too, and this is a, this is a deep, 
deep cut take, but when it came to that fall, did it galvanize Nick Senzel? Because he made some nice plays the rest of the way. I mean, you talk about that relay throw to nab Kiner Falefa trying to stretch a double into a triple. Uh, there were some different things that I saw from Nick Senzel after that. It's almost like he kind of got a little bit keyed up after falling. And I noticed too, you know, after that play was over, they, they were showing him in the outfield and he was like turning around, looking at the stands with an incredulous look. I'm sure he was feeling the ire of the locals there in New York. But I I, I think that that kind of just, it keyed him up a little bit. And to see the way that the Reds responded to all of this in the fifth inning, they get a double play and they get a line out. And then it just kind of felt like they relaxed on defense. Anyway, the the lineup just continued to get dominated by Garrett Cole, but credit them. They never were out of it. They stayed in it till the end. And honestly, you can't get a walk-off on the road, but this feels about as close to a walk-off as you can get on the road. It it, it really did. And, and Garrett Cole, now 1-14 in 14 in his start <laughs> against the Cincinnati Reds. I love it. But oh listen, to your point about Nick Senzel, I don't know that, if, that, that that shifted a gear for him, but I think that it's just more of what we've been seeing from him. We've been seeing Nick Senzel be clutch. We've been seeing him you know, dig in and battle when the team needed a spark. And after that third run scored, I think we were in that moment where the Reds needed a spark. They needed somebody to help kind of push them through. And I think that's what we saw from Nick Senzel. I, I just, I could not be happier uh, with what we have seen from Nick Senzel over the last couple of weeks. You know, you and I have talked about it on several episodes now uh, where I really think that Nick Senzel has finally turned a corner and not only put himself in a position to deliver, you know, day in and day out, but I think he's, he's cementing a place, you know, maybe not the team leader, but one of the team leaders uh, as this team continues to move forward with all these youngsters, they're going to need players to be examples. And I think that Nick Senzel could be one of those guys now. Well, and credit to him for noticing the opportunity because it's not as if he's just playing to be here for 2023. He's trying to be here when the Reds are good again. And I think he's really stepping up in that vein. And then we come to the ninth inning, Steve. The ninth inning. The beautiful ninth inning. When Clay Holmes, all-star reliever, probably the best relief pitcher in baseball the first half of this season, can't throw strikes. He got the yips. I, 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 I was watching that and I am a fantasy owner of Clay Holmes. So everyone is welcome. Once again, fade Jeff whenever you can. Um, but when it came to that inning, there's, there's two things that are true. Yes. Clay Holmes couldn't throw a strike and that was ridiculous. If you're a Yankees fan, but also credit the reds for not pushing for not pressing. And swinging at pitches they had no business of swinging at. It feels like there's been games where that's happened. And they calmed down on the road in the Bronx, and they were able to grind out at bats. And, and we talked about this off air is that, you know, if you want to get real granular and you want to get real, you know, trash talky and you're fighting with a Yankees fan about this game, sure, there's really only one legitimate thing that the Reds actually did in the ninth inning. But you got to be there for all those moments, and the Reds were there. You know, that's absolutely right. Uh, everything this season has gone against this Cincinnati Reds team. There, You are hard-pressed to find moments that go their way. And, and that ninth inning went their way. I mean, you look at the fact that the game probably, in fairness, should have ended when Nick Senzel hit into that fielder's choice for the ground out at the plate because the play previous to that 
probably should have been a double play, but they didn't get a double play on that. Catcher bobbles the ball, is unable to complete it down to first base, and it gives them a little bit of renewed life. And then Nick Senzel puts the ball in play, second out of the inning, he reaches first. And then, of course, the you know, India that puts him in the position to come up and get the two RBIs. And there was lots of things throughout that game that gave me a lot of encouragement. Uh, guys that we don't usually say nice things about. Mike Moustakis in this game, as an example, yep. uh, instead of trying to just hack at the ball and pull it and flail wildly and have a bat at bat, took what the pitcher gave him, hits a double to opposite field, and and if, if Moose does that the rest of the way, he can be a useful piece to this team. We're starting to see guys do things that they haven't done all season long, and I don't know if part of that is just figuring out or if part of that is now that there's healthy chips in this lineup, guys are getting pitches to see, and they're, and they're feeling a little bit more confident. And, you know, listen, at the end of the day, winning – uh, builds confidence. Confidence spreads through a clubhouse. These guys play off of each other. They, they, you know, in a friendly way, try to one up each other. And I think that's what we're seeing with this lineup. I just, I am so excited about what this team is doing right now in this moment, this season. I said yesterday, pre-series, that I just wanted the Reds to be competitive. I wanted them to make these games fun. And I said, you know, if they get out of New York with a win, then we're going to count this as a success. But they now have a chance to win a series in the year of our Lord, 2022, against the 2022 version of the Yankees, which I don't know if you're hurt, Steve, but they're pretty dang good at baseball. Now the Reds have a chance to take two out of three. I, I, I just, I am so excited about what this team has. And shout out to friend of the podcast, Scott Campbell, who pointed out on Twitter, since the Reds started three and 22, they're 30 and 32. Now they're still not going to make it back to 500. We're not getting our money back for the over under the wins total, but maybe they miss a hundred losses and I'd be okay with that. And, and I would too. And listen, Jeff, we haven't even talked about one of the most exciting things that we saw yesterday. And I just, I can't believe it, but we're going to talk about the Cincinnati Reds bullpen pitching, not one, not two, not three, but four innings in relief against this New York Yankees lineup and allowing two hits, no earned runs while striking out three. And and that was and that was TJ Antone and Lucas Sims and no um, uh, that was Carr family favorite Jeff Hoffman, followed by Jumbo Gabalt or whatever the guy's name is. Did they just Jibault. did just Jabalt? Did they just picked up on waivers? Followed by Reaver San Martin, who has another solid outing. Uh, yeah. He's really starting to appear to have turned a corner. And then of course your boy Diaz comes in. Yeah. To record his third save on the season. That, that strikeout, like th there's so many things about this game that I am. Go it's going to be imprinted on my mind for a while. And everybody's probably saying, "Why are you guys freaking out about a regular season win?" It's the New York Yankees, and it's the 2022 version of the Cincinnati Reds. This was not supposed to happen. I had so many people telling me they've already lost the series. They've already been swept. Why are they even going to New York? They're not going to win a game. They're going to get smashed. They're going to get embarrassed. They're going to look terrible. And they win game one. And for me, one of those moments that's going to be imprinted on my mind is that slider 
blowing in that an Aaron judge had no business swinging at, but he flailed at it anyway and struck out. And I was just like, Oh, Alexis Diaz. <laughs> what a beautiful pitch, man. What a beautiful pitch. Now, listen, Jeff, I want to make it clear to the listeners and the viewers here on YouTube that we're not losing our minds. Jeff just said, we don't think they're getting to 74 wins. We really do think this is a case of them maybe being able to avoid a hundred losses, but it's fun right now. I, I wasn't sure we would ever talk about a five game winning streak at all this season. Listen, I think that's why Annie Sabo picked five games when she was talking to our friends over at late night reds talk about when she would wear the rec specs from her dad. But guess what? It happened. She's going to do it now because this reds team put five wins together. Now, Let's be realistic. Mike Miners on the mound tonight for the Cincinnati Reds. Those games have not gone great. So the Yankees may break the win streak tonight. That is a real possibility. But I got to tell you, I don't think it's a given. I think the way this team has played and the amount of scrap they have showed over the last five games and this, this clutch hitting never say die attitude that has come out of nowhere uh, yes. will play into the game tonight. And even if Miner gives up a few runs to this lineup, I think the difference will be you're not going to see guys hanging their head. You're not going to see players automatically assuming, well, the game's over, here we go again. I think this team will be scrappy tonight. And whether whether they win it or not, it's going to be another fun one to watch. I firmly agree, Steve, and we're just having some fun here today. Thank you all so much for joining us for our, our extra our, our, our special, our uh, bonus episode of excitement because the Reds have won five in a row and one of those wins are against the New York Yankees. That's right. We're going to be covering this series and more. We might have to do a deep dive on Revar San Martin because I, I tell you what, I, I was hard on him early and I think I need to... Um, Deservedly I, so. Deservedly so, but I, I think he's really turned a corner and we need to dive into those numbers a little bit more. We're also going to look at some more trade rumors and things like that. That's coming up on tomorrow's Locked On Reds. Make sure you go check out the episode I did with Lindsey Crosby today. We are breaking down why Ellie De La Cruz is going to win all the MVPs later in his career. We're going to look at draft strategy. We're going to look at whether or not the Reds could acquire a guy like Bobby Miller from the Dodgers. That's all on our crossover edition with the Locked On MLB Prospects show. Speaking of Locked On MLB Prospects, he's got you covered for all things draft. Go check out Lindsey Crosby's work because he's got a lot coming for you this coming week. But that's going to do it for us. Steve, we are excited. We are in the middle of a winning streak that is the longest of the year, and I don't know what to do with my hands. So what's that mean? That means that you've got to figure that out and everybody else needs to make sure they are subscribed and tuned in because we're going to be locked on Reds every single day the rest of the way. We will see you tomorrow.